As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We are a blended family. 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 And we are a blended family. Hi, we're Doctors Larry and Carol Snap. We're Glad to have you with us today. This is uh, week seven, eight, and nine are the three lessons that deal with like step parenting stuff. And the first one was kind of the blessings of being a step parent and the good parts. Week eight, I usually call it the dark side, although. It, It's hard for me to be like real negative about stuff. So even on the dark side, it's like how to deal with the dark side more than just this is all the crap you're gonna have to put up with. And uh, week nine here is teachable moments versus discipline and punishment. So this is just kind of uh, the steps that parents should go through, or some should go through and how people normally do things. But uh, this little staircase thing here is my way of representing the different phases or steps in teaching. Obviously, God expects us to train up our child in the way they should go, right? So the very first step, and hopefully this is like from day one up through forever, but earlier the better. And in a blended family, sometimes you get teenagers, you guys start with. They're already, they got a lot of bad habits. They weren't necessarily taught the right stuff in the beginning, and now you're trying to teach them, and they don't want to learn anything. But the very first step in this staircase is teaching. We have to teach our children where the boundaries are. Just like God does with us, he gave us his word and his, his book, and those are the boundaries. And if we stay within his boundaries, there's freedom in that. If we start getting outside the boundaries, then stuff's gonna happen. <clears throat> so the first thing we gotta do is say, here's this is right, this is wrong, do this, don't do that, you know, when they're little. And then, okay, so you've taught them, supposedly, 
Then you kind of turn them loose a little bit, very short leash, and when, when they mess up, because they will, they'll test you. Now it's time to correct. That's when you say, no, that's not what I taught you. Right? Then you go back and you teach them again. Right? That's why we call this teachable moments. There's so many things that happen and just in life that can be used as a teachable moment. And that's where how somebody else does something, like with their kids or whatever. So see how that worked out? That's not how we do things. And then you can explain why that's not a good way to do it, or that is a good way to do it. See that that's what I'm a, that's what I'm looking for from you, right? But you you got to set the boundaries, and then you have to re, uh, remind the children what the boundaries were in the beginning, <clears throat> and that hopefully is kind of a continuous process. You, you don't ever stop teaching. And as you teach more and more, and you know, they get older and older, and you're teaching different things, and you still have to correct and keep going back to that step. Now, <clears throat> the next step is discipline, and this is the one nobody likes. Nobody. Parents, kids, nobody likes this one. And a lot of parents just totally skip this one because it's hard. When it comes to discipline, it's one way of looking at that, that stuff is like getting into boot camp in the military because what they're doing in boot camp is trying to break down the new recruits to get rid of their bad habits and teach them new ways of doing things. So it's, it's tough. I mean, they're, they're on their butts all the time, right? <clears throat> but that's somebody's full-time job, being on their butts. You know, keeping an eye on them, making sure they're doing the right stuff, yelling and screaming in their face and all you know, that kind of stuff. But this is just as much work for the parent as it is hassle for the kid. They don't like being disciplined because you're taking stuff away from them or or something. You know, we always talk about how you get rid of the phone, no TV, usually some sort of electronic thing or something. <clears throat> but a lot of times you have to give up yours too because they'll just be hanging out with you getting their fix from your stuff so the discipline step is a tough one and the purpose is to correct bad habits right you have to really reinforce what it is you expect again so you're, you're setting the expectations you're reinforcing the expectations, you're doubling down on the expectations of the discipline phase. <clears throat> and then if that still doesn't work, and you have a child that's just like in your face, no, I'm not gonna do that. Well, the next one after that is the punishment phase. Now up until I was eh, 13, 14 years old, we had the Board of Education. <laughs> Ouch. It had my name on it, it had holes in it, you know, for less wind resistance. Uh, so, but the thing about it was, my parents never punished me out of anger. 
and they were always both there. My mom would catch me doing something, and you know, wait till your father gets home, and I'd spend the next two or three hours in my room waiting to see him coming down the road from work. Yeah, you know. No. And the waiting was probably worse than the punishment, actually. <laughs> but it was, they kind of went back to the beginning here, and they were at least to the correct part. And they would remind me of what their expectations were and explain to me what it was that I did that was not up to their expectations. <clears throat> so they, they went through these processes. And, and then at this point, you know, my mom would be sitting on the bed, my dad would be sitting on the bed, I'd be over his knee or whatever, and then whack a couple times, right? But he always would lie to me and tell me it was going to hurt him more than me. <laughs> and it must have really hurt him bad. <laughs> right? But then my mom was always there to sort of pick up the pieces, right? And do the teaching again. We don't like doing this, but because you did what you did, this is what we have to do. It's not because we hate you, it's because we care enough to teach you the right things to do. Right? Which again, it's kind of what God does with us. Somewhere in here, uh, Hebrews 12, 7, God chastises those he loves. He does give us consequences because he cares doesn't want us roaming around outside the box. He wants us to stay free from all that nasty stuff. And if we stay inside the box, then we're okay. But there are some times when the punishment exceeds uh, even God's standards, and now you get into the abuse. We don't ever want to get to that place. Especially Christians, we should never be in that, in that phase. But because we live in a fallen world, there's a lot of people that don't follow God, there's a lot of abuse, right? And it's getting worse, it's not getting better. So we don't wanna to get to there. The more time we spend down here, the better. Set the boundaries, reinforce the boundaries, spend the time it takes, even though it's difficult for both parties, do the discipline and then you have to spend way less time in the punishment things. What we see in the, in the culture today is parents aren't even doing the first step. And if you're not doing the first one, you don't need to do the second one. And they're sure not going to do the discipline because they haven't taught them anything. So what do they do? They just go straight to punishment and then it's punishment and abuse for the most part. What do the kids learn? Love hurts. That's one way to get my parents' attention is to do something bad so that they'll punish me and then at least I know they notice me. But sometimes in those kind of situations, you know, then it starts getting really physical a lot and then you're in the abuse stage. Okay. Um, so when it comes to being in these teachable moments, discipline and punishment, God created us with free will. So we have the ability to obey or not. That's up to us. God didn't create us as robots that we had to look back. He created us in his image, believing that we would look him back, but out of our choice. And not so much because of 
what he does for us, which is because of who he is. He is the one. So we look at uh, no, sorry, your Proverbs 1, right off the bat, 1 through 7. Teach your children so they'll be wise. God wants his children to be the wisest, be salt and light. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And if you don't have God in here, what, Lord, what are you learning? I know I really became, honestly, both feet in the water, Christian at age 50. There was a lot of years I wasn't doing what I should have been. But now that we've been students, a lot of this stuff makes a lot of sense. I mean, it just makes sense. So when you do things God's way, it usually works out pretty well. So our job as parents, blended families or not, is to teach our children so they'll be wise. We need to teach them about God. And who God is, and about God's boundaries, and do all these things, all these different steps here, with God being the why we do things. Right? As Christians, okay, I think it was last week we talked about uh, God wants His kids back. So you train them up in the way they should go, we turn them loose and give them back to God so that they're answerable to God, not so much us anymore. But the whole point of becoming a Christian is to be the salt and light. Salt is a preservative, so we preserve the word of God in the, in the earth. And to be the light, to be shedding the light on the darkness so that there's truth. Yeah, Proverbs 1 through 7, beginning of the knowledge Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, you look back in the Old Testament, there's like 613 different laws that they have in addition to the Ten Commandments. right? And if you broke one of them, you were a sinner. And there's, there was no way to undo that. And I think everybody pretty well knows, back in the Old Testament, they did all the sacrificing of animals, all that stuff to atone for their sins. Well, then Jesus came along, and he was the final atonement for all of our sins. He was, he was the lamb that got sacrificed to pay the price for our sins. But they had all these different laws, and the purpose of all those was basically to show us we need a Savior. Now, they didn't quite get that. They thought everything's fine. You know, got the Pharisees and everybody that teaches the law. It was all about the law. Here's the law. If, you, if you're not doing it the way that we have described the law, you're a sinner. And so then you have to do all the sacrifices, different rituals and traditions and all that kind of stuff with the understanding that someday the Messiah would come. But even when he did come, they didn't recognize him because they still wanted to do the law. Um, so... The law was to show us that we need a Savior. Proverbs 15.5 A fool despises his father's instruction. So you know, we kind of go back up here to these steps. The fool is going to ignore his teaching and the correction and the discipline 
and he's going to have to deal with the punishment. This is Christian Living Radio. This is where people end up in jail and stuff, because they're so rebellious and breaking the law that the law steps in and deals with them. So you can deal with stuff on your own, or you can let the law do it. This, This is grace over here. And I think right about right about here is where the law kicks in. And you, God's grace is still there, but it's the further up the staircase you go, the further away from grace you get. It's interesting, especially having been a student of, of the word for a while, you start seeing how foolish people will actually look when they're not doing things God's way. I hear, you know, all the political stuff going on these days. Some of the stuff just sounds foolish. You know, it just, this is what I think of when I hear a lot of this stuff. It's like, God is totally not in the picture. And what's coming out of their mouth just sounds stupid. But that's being a Christian, you're, you know, you accept the word of God as truth. Doing anything other than that is stupid or foolish uh, Hebrews 12 7 God chastises those he loves if you don't feel you're being chastised you might think about it what, whose family are you in but God loves us enough to let us suffer some consequences for bad behavior that's part of his grace, really, is to not destroy us immediately and give us a chance to repent and ask for forgiveness and all that stuff. But there are consequences. We'll get, a, get into that here in a second. Uh, Jeremiah ten twenty four shows us that God is merciful. You know, he's, and if you don't really... Some people seem to think of God, and I had this vision a while back, but it's really just kind of sitting on his throne with a, in my case it was a fly swatter, some people maybe it's a sledgehammer, but just waiting for somebody to mess up and then whack, you know. And and that's not the way God works, that's not the way grace works. Or mercy, we'll get to that in the, the next lesson. But he, he loves us, he wants us to obey because we love him, and he is merciful and slow to anger and those things, but he only have, he he doesn't deal with uh, or ignore our bad behavior forever. There is a time that okay, that's enough. Right? I love you. You're my child, but you're way off track here. So you know, get back on track. So. <laughs> Yeah, and he goes back to teaching us again and correct us. You know, you, you don't, you want to get this. Right? Learn it here, understand it here, so you don't have to deal with the rest of that. God is merciful. If we choose to rebel, so we have free will, we can obey or not. If, if our choice is to rebel, it's basically showing that we have a lack of wisdom and understanding. We just, it's like we know better, we just don't want to do it. 
So there's just a lack of wisdom there. It could be we just don't understand it. You know, like Christ on the cross, brother, forgive them for they know not what they do. They didn't understand why Jesus was doing what he was doing. It wasn't what they expected. They were looking for uh, a new king to rule in the area there, in the country, the physical stuff. And Jesus was all about a kingdom in heaven. Yeah. Totally didn't get that. They didn't like it either. They well, like it was making the Pharisees look bad. Yeah. Right? And they it was taking like, away Dude. it was taking away the, everything they were they stood for. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they were pretty ticked. Yep. That's why they wanted to kill him, because then that, yeah. they'd be out of the job. If it was grace, what do you need the law for? Yeah. Which was all they all they did. So rebellion shows a lack of wisdom and understanding. Uh, children need to learn there are consequences. Psalm twenty four there, right? and that's why we came up with a staircase in the first place. The correct there should be some consequences here, not real bad ones. You know, save that for the discipline and punishment phase, but you know, teachable moments. Use whatever's going on to teach why things should be the way they should be. If the if the child doesn't understand why, then your rule doesn't make any sense. It's just one of those because I said so kind of things, right? Part of the teaching is the why. Here is why we do it this way. You don't put your hand on the stove because it's probably hot. It may or may not be, but if it is, you'll get a major burn on your fingers. You explain why. It's like, well, okay, that makes sense. I don't want a big burn on my hand, so you know, at least I'll use caution and check it out before I put my hand up there. Don't just so things like that. And it also goes back to age appropriateness because some right. um, some children are not going to understand. They, they, they so um, having that loving relationship when you tell them no, they're respecting no. And then sometimes you do have to teach them a a level lesson when we talk about the hot stove. Mm -hmm. You let them touch it just a little bit. You don't touch it, so they end up with third degree burn. Have to go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> right, but they said you know understanding what the word hot means, mm -hmm. like a yeah. baby. That's, that's part of teaching. Yeah, yeah. explaining, explaining all the these different. And it's like you said, age appropriate because you explain something to a two-year-old a lot different than a five-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Because I have I've have seen parents try to reason with children. No, they're not going. They're not at the age for you to reason with them. No. So you you want to make it age appropriate because you know as they as they get older then they they yeah, understand a little bit. There's more. more capacity to reason as they get older. Right. But even I mean even some adults are not very reasonable. Yeah. And you know especially as Christians we try to reason because we know truth. Try to reason with somebody that has no idea what's going on. And so yeah, truth right. and reason to them is totally. Focus. So it, you can't use reason with an unreasonable person to try to win an argument or explain a situation or whatever. It's just not going to work because they just don't get it. 
but uh, consequences, right? We're supposed to allow our children, and that's where a lot of parents have kind of messed up. They, they've been through some things, they've experienced pain and suffering, and so they don't want their children to have to do the same thing, right? But where do you learn stuff? Usually in the suffering part. <laughs> but as the generations have gone, more and more parents are keeping the children from experiencing failure and emotional discouragement and things. Uh, a lot of sports for children, everybody gets a trophy. What good does that do? You win because you showed up, right? Uh, you know, when I was a kid playing Little League Baseball, you won or you lost. If you lost, you practiced more. You tried to get better, right? It wasn't, well, I showed up, I should get a trophy anyway. Right? Life doesn't work that way. Sometimes that happens on a job. What? You jump on a job and a paycheck. Yeah. You may not do nothing for it, but you showed up. You show up, that's half <laughs> When it comes to that, half just showing up is half, half the job. Half the job. You still got to do the other half. Somewhere. Yeah, got to do the other half. But, so children need to learn there are consequences to choices, and sometimes adults need to learn that too, because they didn't learn it as a kid. But what is consequence? I like to break it down into con, which generally is a bad thing, a negative, pro, con, right? Con is the negative end of it, and then sequences, so it's bad, they just happen, right? Yeah, sequences doesn't always have to be a bad thing, but then when you put con in front of it, it's probably something that's going to be bad. Uh, I've never heard anybody say pro sequences. I have said positive and negative. Right. But you know, consequences is like a normal kind of word. Prosequences is That's not a nice word. But look at it. con is a negative prefix, right? Two sequences, things that happen one after another, right? Um, there's a, another thing about the teaching and correction and rebellion and those kind of things in Deuteronomy uh, 21, 18 through 23, it talks about the rebellious child and the parents went to this child, basically turned 18 or became an adult. Right? So obviously it's Deuteronomy, it's Old Testament. And because he had not been obedient, it was their duty to take their son to the town square and basically say this is our son he, he's being rebellious and then the town's people would stone him I mean they, they're pretty serious about yeah. teaching and correction and discipline and, and so forth part of the and you know even in some of the Middle East countries they do a lot of public executions and oh, yeah, punishments and different things just to scare people Right? I mean, that's the point. Do it in public so people don't do that. Everybody learns a lesson from somebody else's right. failure. Exactly. And hopefully, you know, the parents are doing the teaching, 
They can use teachable moments through other parents or children's activities, even stuff on TV, or out in public, you know, at the store or whatever. Things happen, and those things that are happening can be used to teach your children that's a good thing or no, that's not. Mm -hmm. What they just did, that's not how we do things in our house. Or that is a good thing. Let's see how they did that, that's a good thing. I mean it could go both ways. Okay, so we're doing uh, weeks nine and eleven today. Uh, that pretty well wraps up week nine. Any other comments, questions? When I look at that when I look at that staircase, I think I put it in terms of um, school, mm -hmm. you know, so your teacher's there to teach you. Um, you're getting grades for what you taught. You may have gotten an F or D. Your teacher corrects you in that mistake so you can learn how to do it better. And then if you still continue to not, you know, follow instruction in the classroom, you might get discipline. You have to sit with your head on the Desk. Go see the principal. Or, yeah, <laughs> or go see the principal. <laughs> right. I think that's the punishment stage. Yeah, that's the punishment. We take the coach. What's that? They sent us to the coach. Oh, okay. He was sort of an assistant principal. Okay. <laughs> he was pretty good with the wax. Yeah, back in those days, they could spank you in school. Yeah, he was. He was a little scary. So we got the. You would rather go see the principal than the coach. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap that one up. Uh, another shout out to ChristianMovingRadio.com that puts our podcasts out on uh, iHeartRadio and Spotify. And our website is BlendedFamiliesMinistry.org. We will be doing Lesson 11 here shortly joining the Blended Families Ministry Program today. This ministry was created to help blended families learn how to use biblical tools that will help you thrive. We have Drs. Larry and Carol Snap, and we invite you to listen to our weekly shows here on ChristianLivingRadio.com and to visit our website, BlendedFamiliesMinistry.org, to learn more about the ministry and all that we do. Thank you, and God bless. Christian Living, Christian Living, Christian Living Radio, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ 24-7. Our goal is to bring you a life-changing word through music and diverse programming, like the one you're listening to now. Pastor Kenyatta Goins is the visionary of Christian Living Radio, and he's dedicated to the idea that Christians should even have a more prominent presence in the marketplaces. Maybe you need prayer for yourself and or your family, maybe for a friend. We'd be privileged to stand in the gap for you. If you're listening to this broadcast, click on the Contact Us tab and send us your prayer request. We'd also like to hear from you if you have something on your mind or just give us some feedback. We support many ministries, so maybe you'd like to make a one-time or a monthly recurring donation. We believe that when you sow into these ministries, you'll indeed be blessed. And of course, if you sow into this show in particular, we believe that it's a blessing for you, so please consider sponsoring us. 
There's a special area under the Donate tab where you can send your monetary gift or call 520-812-6363. That's 520-812-6363 to receive more information about sponsorship. Thank you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.